0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Africa Sports Unified podcast, the podcast series depicting the true voice of African sports business by interviewing some of the key personnel involved and giving focus to the latest developments and topics shaping the market. So I'm your host, Gabriel Jala, founder and CEO of Africa Sports Unified. And today I'm with Gary Rathbone, the founder of Sports News Africa and Africa XP, with years of experience in the African sports Media market. If you go on our website, you can see some articles that he's written for us on sports media, which is great. He's been a good friend of ours. So, Gary, nice to meet you. How are you? Yeah, nice to be here, Gabriel. Always good to talk to you. It's great to finally kick off this podcast, and thanks for joining us on it. <laughs> so, to start off with, just want to—I know you've written some, a few things for us, but if we just give people a bit of a background about your experience and how you've come to where you are at the moment. Yeah, I've been in
1: sports. Media business in, in the, you know in Africa for quite a long time now since the uh, late 90s when I started doing television programs, uh, creating content uh, for the old uh, SABC and even Mnet and things like that in South Africa, um, covering um, doing documentaries actually on Orlando Pirates when they won the, for the first time became the first South African club to win the African uh, Champions League at the World before the Champions the African Champions Cup at the time. And um, then um, um, yeah, a great, great documentary called called the Impossible Dream," which I, which I kind of co-produced and, and scripted and researched on, did the research on. Um, and then sort of got involved with the um, setting up a company called the African uh, African Soccer TV. Worked uh, with Aubrey Tar, which established the first ever Pan-African African football show, mm-hmm. um, Africa, the African Soccer Show, which went out in about twenty-six different free day ca- stations across the continent in English and French. Um, same time, we also got involved with CAF, and we created the the current CAF Awards Player of the Year Awards event. Um, before um, before we created that event and put that all together for them, um, the African Player of the Year of the Year was just a, a player, and it was uh, done through France Foot magazine, and they awarded it to a player. You know that's how the African Player of the Year was was done. Um, and then BBC had just started their own thing as well, but there was no CAF, you know, you know African actual African African player of the year award event. And we got into CAF and proposed the idea to them, and they bought into it. And we, with our sponsors that we had with us on our and the African soccer show, brought them on board. the Year one was actually Visa was the sponsor of the year of the first uh, event, which was held in South Africa. Uh, and then after that, MTN took over as the sponsor, the sponsor of our show, and became the sponsor of the CAF awards. And, uh, basically I was responsible for the you know, sort of work on the selection committee, um, for the different, cause we also then expanded it from just one, just the player of the year to, you know, junior player, female player, um, you know, all those kind, all the different best referee, best match, best goal and things like that, which we kind of put together and, um, and developed into a, into a whole, you know, award ceremony event. Um, so I was, you know responsible for working on that um, the committee to kind of put that together, those awards together every year and managing the actual event itself, you know, finding the, um, um, the companies, the events companies to work with, the uh, production companies to do the television coverage, filming it all and all of that. And it was quite, a, quite a, a lot of work, but we did that for another I think it for five years, in 2005, that existing contract that we had ran out and um, kept a deal with GLOW. Uh, in nigeria and they took the whole thing over and and then they basically moved us out and took it over and that was yeah. the, they've had it since then until now i see that uh, ato now one of the oil companies yeah. has now taken over of taking that over now so we yeah. need to see hopefully that they they will be able to continue to support it and make it happen because i think it's a great thing to have you know what i mean and i hope it goes from strength to strength cool. i'm certainly glad to have been certainly glad to have been part of it from the uh, you know from the very beginning and I mean, it's a something i feel that you know i've, I've a tangible contribution that I've certainly yeah. made to African football in doing that.
0: Great. Thanks for that. And anyway, as we discuss, you'll get to know more about what Gary's done. And if you are hearing any noise in the background, we're just sat in a hotel lobby. So mind the background, reason people walking in. But to start off with, um, yeah, Gary's a great guy, great expertise, and he's recently done a, a talk, right?
1: Yeah. as a presentation
0: yeah yeah a presentation at an event called sportscast that was held in london maybe around earlier this month in december right yeah yeah um so yeah i just want to talk about that with gary for him to give you a bit of an insight and to start off with about just the current landscape in africa for the sports media rights
1: well, I think it's a very, very interesting um, place where we are at the moment with sports rights and, and, and the opportunities that exist in, in Africa. It's, it's one of the key things that, that the, the presentation was about was to kind of raise the awareness um, amongst people you know, outside of the continent, and this is why it was really good to make a presentation like that in, at an event in London, because um, I think a lot of people aren't fully aware of exactly what the opportunities are, what the status is and you know what the position is as far as sports media rights and, and opportunities for that are you know, in, in Africa. And I thought um, so it was really nice to be able to do it, and that was the, the, the key aim of my um, presentation. You know, was to do that, and um, so you know that was it was um, really nice to be able to have that opportunity and, and, and present to people the, the situation. And and basically for me, is that is that it. Uh, what excites me is still about sports, the sports media environment in, in in the African continent, is that there's still so much growth, so much opportunity mm. still to, to develop. You know, you know, when you look at the the, the markets in, in Europe and Asia and Americas, it, it's all so kind of mature, and, and everybody's fighting over sort of small bits and pieces and angles on it, basically. Whereas, you know, in Africa, it, 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 there's still there's so much growth. I remember one of the presentations at the sports Sportscast conference a guy was talking about, saying that how sports media rights are working in the same the traditional boom and bust cycle of a traditional bubble. Yeah. And that um, there's a um, that it's going through all the phases that he should, and he showed all the different phases. I think there were five or six phases that um, that marks it. And he says this is where we are. And he actually put his presentation just before mine. And when I got up and I said, well, still everybody knows that while I thought the presentation before was very, very good and very astute, in the African context, actually we're still on stage one. We're right at the beginning. Yeah. So there's opportunity, so much opportunity for people to come in and start, um, you know, engaging with your with what continent has to offer in terms of sports mm. so be that sponsors broadcasters um you know media agencies whatever the case may be
0: that's uh, there's an, a massive opportunity for that so in terms of the current landscape how how is it actually in africa in terms of who has access to free to air tv um pay tv in terms of sports and i don't know the nigerian football league want to reach audiences yeah. what. Where can they engage with the fans? Is it still via radio, or what is the landscape like? Yeah. And even and even the um like the data and internet things like that back in Africa, how is that like? Sure.
1: <coughs> well, the, the main thing, the way it's kind of put together at the moment, but as it stands, the, 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 there's a couple of really major pay TV operators. So the chief one is my old employee, um, SuperSport. Um, they are, you know, they've basically you know, sort of been being the top dog as far as sports rights on the continent, I mean, it's concerned for, for many years now. Um, and both international rights and d- with local rights as well, they've gone and, and it's invested a lot. I, it's, my role as head of Africa for the, for the company for four years, I ran, I ran that role, um, was to actually go, the key part of that role was developing local content, local sports in Nigeria, in Kenya, Zambia, Uganda, Angola, um, uh, Ghana as well, and so so it was, um, you know, it was, uh, they are, uh, their company had really kind of run, you know, they really were the top dog as far as all sports rights are concerned, mm-hmm. and that's where the sports, the, for the last decade or so, sports rights and sports opportunities have really centered around the pay TV networks, so after Supersport, you've got Canal Plus in the, in the francophone sphere, and you've got um, the uh, a challenger, a recent, more recent Challenger, uh, Star Times, the Chinese company that have come in. They've been around for a while now, and they've been sort of chasing um, uh, um, super sport in many many levels. And then a very, very new challenger is coming now called Quezzy Sports, yeah. which is uh, set up by Strive Masayiwa from Econet. Yeah. And they're actually now you know making a big play to kind of uh, move into the, the, the DSTV super sport space as far as sport and entertainment are concerned. But the thing is that because... International sports rights are so expensive. It is only the... Up until now, it's only been the um, you know, the big pay TV operators that can afford these rights. Because pay TV, uh, although it, it doesn't actually reach the kind of audiences that Free to Air reaches, it still um, generates a much larger pile of revenue um, as a broadcaster, so you can afford... I mean, super sports last... R- deal for the English Premier League rights, they have paid, um, you know, it's a, just under $200 million a year for the last cycle of the, English e- the EPL rights. Um, they are, uh, y- that, that's a, uh, you know, from in, a, in an African sports context, is a lot of money. There's no broadcast on the free to air sphere in Africa that can pay remotely near that. Y- you can't get a free to air broadcaster to pay you $100,000 mm. for an EPL rights, never mind $200 million. So it's, 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 it's um, you know, it's, everything's always it's traditionally has been, has been sitting there. But there's been a big shift, I think, has been the digital migration. I think that's the key thing, and it's it's been taking so long. It's been very, very slow in actually happening in Africa. It was supposed to complete in 2015, in June 2015. It still hasn't completed. In fact, it's very, very behind schedule in many ways. I think it's only four or five countries, actually, that I think that are... Um, um, there's only four or five countries that I think have that um, uh, that, that, that have uh, you know migrated basically uh, seven countries that's right. There's a Tanzania, Rwanda, Mauritius, Seychelles, Zambia, Mozambique, and Malawi are the only countries that have actually done it c- complete the digital migration process. Um,
0: in terms of digital migration, do you mean? How do you mean? In what terms?
1: Well, when you say completed, it means that you've completely moved over. So there's no analog broadcast signals for broadcasters. Everything is now only in the digital sphere, and this is what's key about it. So a lot of countries, South Africa, Kenya, Nigeria, Ghana, they're all running. They've all they're all running digital platforms now, but they're also still running analog services. And the problem with that is that why this is important is to end analog services because that it's needed. That broad, that, that that bandwidth needs to be f- freed up for um, for mobile. So the whole thing to drive the next generation of mobile technology and mobile speeds, so 4G, 5G, all those kinds of things, and even, um, you, know, better f- uh, home, you know, fiber-to-home options, um, all of that requires that bandwidth to be opened up. Um, and, and, and as long as the analog television service c- clog up all that bandwidth space, um, it really slows down the opportunity to, to grow that next level of, of, of media sort of rollout. Um, so that's been, been, been a big problem. But the fact is, is that with digital terrestrial television, it, it is happening. And I think it's going to be a fundamental shift for free-to-air broadcasters because it's going to create an opportunity for people to access free-to-air um, content easier at a higher quality, Also means that they can roll out more channels, they can get more content to more people. And the thing with free-to-air broadcasters is that they do have a massive audience. So, you, you know, compared to a, a, a pay TV network, and I always use this example, is that if you look at Nigeria, for example, um, Nigeria has about 30 million audited television households in, in the country. Um, in in Nigeria, DSTV, which is what Supersport is part of, the pay TV network, yeah. has around about a, approximately a million subscribers in that country. Now, that means that there's 29 million television households that are not accessing dstv content yeah. so they're all accessing free to air content mm-hmm. nigeria has 122 different free to air television stations across the country mm-hmm. so there's a lot it's, it's widespread there's a lot of, it reaches an audience but the problem is that be, they can't actually attract the kind of revenues for those free to airs to kind of get that, that those kinds of sports mm-hmm. rights the epl and things like that so new strategies need to be found but however for advertisers the free to airs are interested are interesting because they, they, they do reach a, a bigger audience so that's where I think the key thing is actually looking for new niches for sport that can actually are, are cheaper and more effective and more uh, you, that, that still have an interest yeah. finding new niche sports that they can develop and, and build up and start building up an audience like that that, that can actually attract sponsors um, that cost a lot less to put on air and, 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 and deliver at and same time drive a lot of revenue you can actually now start you know because because of what people get excited about being part of that you can start really creating a bit of momentum for the free-to-air space. I mean, people say to me, you know, but the thing is that why is it that the broadcasters with the biggest audiences don't have the least amount of money? Because the thing is subscription television, you know, which is what pay TV is, is that if going back to that figure, so 30 million television households in Nigeria, only a million of those people have um, DSTV subscriptions. But on average, they're paying, DSTV subscriptions range between $20 and $100 thereabouts. If you say, well, let's average it out, basically. Say that most people are probably on the $20 subscriptions, and but there are still a few on the $100 subscriptions. Average out at about, say, $40 across that whole thing. You've got a million people paying you $40 a month. That's, uh, you know what I mean, that's a, a huge amount of revenue. That's why you can afford to spend $200 million on acquiring the EPL rights and, and, and pay a, a, a free-to-air broadcaster can go and get a million-dollar sponsorship deal. With, a, with with, with a, you know, for a property that it has, but a million dollars is nowhere near a billion dollars a year is nowhere near yeah. 40 million times what are the 480 million dollars basically. Yeah. So uh, this is the you know this is this is the fundamental challenge now is to try and find content for the free airs that actually is going to be exciting and 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 find an audience but it's not going to cost that kind of that, that kind of money. And because it's going to be more space because the landscape is changing. Because of the digital space opening up, and more people are going to need more content, I, I think this is this is going to drive a huge opportunity for sport in Africa. Because suddenly a lot more of these smaller sports and marginal sports, you know, basketball to a degree, although it is getting a lot of space on the on the free t- on, on the pay TV networks, but I can see other levels of that. You know, things like like rugby, cricket, um, and on one level athletics. Um, Table tennis, volleyball, um, all these kinds of things. We, you know, there'll be the, the drive to start, bec- and these aren't expensive things to produce. And you can create that content mm-hmm. and get into the free-to-air space. Bring your sponsors along, and you know, give them something something interesting to, 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 to work with. And and I think that that's you know that's one of the, the one of the areas of exciting opportunity that's going to evolve. Yeah. But the key thing needs to be that the digital migration process needs to be moved along a lot quicker.
0: Yeah. Touching on, could you mention the Nigerian Nigeria for example? Um, you, I know you have some involvement with their selling of their media rights for yeah. the Nigerian Professional Football League. Do you want to talk more on that?
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, I think that, that speaks it, to me, local sports is, is, is a very, very key, a key thing. And I think that you when know, I talk about the niche sports that free to airs and broadcasters have an opportunity with, I think it also uh, applies just equally to, to local. You know, major sports like football, yeah. um, and and I think that there's a lot of opportunity to to, to, to still evolve in, in that area, yeah. and and I look at the situation with the Nigerian Premier League at the moment. I sit in Kenya, obviously South Africa and um, Tanzania have really done really good deals with their low key local broadcasters mm-hmm. to kind of. Um, get that sport on air and, 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 and you know, do broadcast partnerships. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm kind of at the moment, I'm actually in, in a very fortunate position of actually being given a mandate, um, an exclusive mandate by the league management company that manages the Nigerian Premier League yeah. to, to help them try and sell these rights now, because the Supersport super used to have the, the, the Nigerian um, yeah. Premier League rights, well, the professional they call the MPFL, the Nigerian yeah. Professional Football League, um, that used to be with Supersport, Sport. Um, but I think they'd overpaid in the first place and they overpaid because they were scared about a competition at the time trying to get into it
0: as in Supersport overpaid?
1: Supersport overpaid, yeah. I think. And, and there were two issues of what happened, why the, those rights kind of fell apart. I think that they kind of overpaid, although they could still kind of go for it. And it was a good deal for the league to help grow the league, and they put a lot into it. I mean, when I was there at Supersport, we'd invest a lot in, in, the tech, in, in the technology and infrastructure for live coverage of the games in terms of training people and bringing in OB vans and things like that to, to, to deliver, the, to improve the, the coverage of the games and, and, and help build the league in that respect. And they'd put a lot into it. So, you know, in some respects, you can't say maybe that's overpaid. It was just that they they had been generous, maybe, with with, with the offer. But a big problem also came due to the fact that the way things have changed economically in Nigeria, where there was a clampdown on money being taken out of the country. So a lot of big uh, foreign companies operating there found that they couldn't get their... So they're earning money in Naira and then having to pay rights in dollars. And they couldn't get their money out to pay for it. So the Nigerian deal had been done in dollars. So... But they're earning that money in in Nigeria, in, in Naira. And so that... Created a big problem for them, and I think that they, they kind of wanted to get out and, and kind of relook at the situation, which is kind of what happened. And, I, and 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 so now at the moment I'm involved now in helping the LMC trying to take the take those rights to the market. And um, and it's it's interesting basically because in some ways you'd think that people would be falling over themselves to kind of get to these rights because Nigeria being such a huge market, that, uh, you know, it's a massive market, it's a valuable market. The, the LMC have done a fantastic job in transforming. Nigerian league, actually. I mean, from a, from a, it was a pretty much a, a serious shambles a few years ago, <laughs> and it's actually really come in leaps yeah. and bounds over the last few years.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I definitely <laughs> agree. I done my thesis on the LMC oh, and yeah. Nigerian Professional Football League, and they've oh, done wow. great nice. things as well. Yeah, uh, I know the chairman, Shehu yeah. Deku, Shehu, yes, doing Shehu, great yeah. things. I know, so it's okay. trans. Yeah, oh, wow. it's changed quite a bit. So yeah, it's so very you good. D- you done a thesis on that as well. well. That's great.
1: Well, I'm I'm so impressed by it. I, maybe I need to get some some. Uh, some quotes from your thesis, and share yeah, it shared with. We've got a lot of so we've got a lot of parties that are interested, and we're speaking to at the moment. We have about 11 parties that are all kind of we in discussions, various stages of discussions with at the moment, uh, you know, about the rights. But um, so yeah, maybe I should get some yeah. because they're all they, they all have reservations because of what's the past. And you can say no, you've got to understand that what the LMC have done is completely transformed the game. It's been run so well, and it's been managed so professionally. Um, there, there isn't a league like that. You know, I, I think basically. It's, it's way ahead of... I mean, Kenya went backwards in the last few years. So Nigeria has gone from being a bit of a shambles into now, now very, very... And the fact that it's happening in a market that's one of the biggest in Africa, um, where the, the passion for football is very, very high. I mean, they're getting the fans back in the stadiums. They're managing the stadiums to make sure that teams only play in decent stadia. Um, you, you know, if a team's stadium are not up to, uh, not up to, up to, up to standard... They're forced to play their, their home games in, 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 elsewhere, basically. Yeah. Um, they, they really are making sure that everything, all the criteria to deliver good football that works for fans, that works for teams, that works for the media, that works for everybody, is really being met. So it, it's a hell of an opportunity. And I'm, you know, I'm, listen, I'm surprised that people weren't more kind of enthusiastic, but I think people have been kind of held back by some of the ideas mm-hmm. in the past. So we've had to kind of work quite hard yeah. to change the perception. But I think another perception that we've had to change is that um, the way that people have always done these deals before is that a broadcaster would come in and buy all the rights, take one big thing. Okay, we got the rights, and they do, they get the whole thing. And, and this is kind of where SuperSport we were at before, and the, where the money that they, they're paid. And we've kind of said, no, this time, this things has to, has to change. Basically, this idea of actually selling everything to one, per one sort of group, it, does, it doesn't work. What you've got to do is these things have got to be sort of sliced and diced in a way. If you look at where the EPL works, you look at the way the Bundesliga and La Liga, these people work, you know, this is how it, You package it up and you, and you make sure that you kind of, you know, you sell, you, you can sell it across a number of different levels. Mm. And so we've broken the rights up now into a number of different sectors. Obviously, it's still possible for someone to come and say, no, we want everything. Then you say, okay, fine, if you want everything, you're going to have to pay big to get everything. But the thing is, though, is that not everybody needs everything. So it makes more sense for them to pay a little less and get the stuff that they really need and then spread it out over different platforms and different opportunities. Um, You know, I think that that's... uh, The the point is that we're trying to change the way um, we're asking um, potential media partners to kind of view the way these rights have worked Mm. in the past Mm. and say, listen, you can... You know, when they say to us, "What's it? What's it called? how much do you want for it? And we say, my answer is that you tell me, you know, what do you want and, and what do you think that's worth? And give me, tell me what you want and what you think what you want is worth. Yeah. And I can say to you, okay, great, I think this is something we can, we can work with. And if you accept that, then you realize that it's you're going to carve out that then realize that, that you're going to leave something behind that someone else is going to come mm-hmm. and take. So if you're happy with that, then that's fine. Yeah. But if you don't want them to take it, then you've got to pay for that as well. So be prepared mm-hmm. for that. But the point is, is that I'm obviously saying to people, come to us and tell us how you want to shape this, and yeah. let's try and shape the deals to work yeah. with a number of different options, basically. And I think that that's because the other thing for me is that it's important for the Nigerian League to, in its growth is to kind of reach out to a whole lot more, to, to be available a lot more and a lot more levels, basically.
0: It's got a huge diaspora as it's well. It's got a huge
1: diaspora. And that, that's the other thing we need to talk about as well is that is that I think that's the other stage, um, the other part of the issue is that. Um, is is that 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 diaspora is massive and and, um, there's a whole you know what I mean it's not just about the to me the most valuable component of these rights obviously the rights in Nigeria itself but the other part is the rights outside of Africa actually in the diaspora
0: to reach people like myself. Well, exactly,
1: exactly. You know, if you think about how many people there are, and everybody, you know, everybody in Nigeria, every sort of person of Nigerian background or descent or whatever in the diaspora, um, you know, even if you're like a first or second generation, still the family has connections and things like that to the areas. And you know that all the teams in the league yeah. are very, very. Culturally linked to certain to each of the different states, basically. Yeah. So everybody has that region that they identify yeah. with, and so you might have this big thing about your, your, an English team that you support, or whatever the case may be. There it is, but lurking at the back of your mind, in the back of your, who you are, your identity almost is always the team that that that's part of where you come from in that respect. So people don't lose that, you know, and they yeah. still and the thing is that because it's, it's not there. people say, well, people people aren't interested in that because they don't watch it. But how can you say that if you don't give them the opportunity to watch it? And I believe if people had the opportunity to watch it, they would actually watch it in droves just as much as they would watch anything when, you know, watch the the EPL or or, or La Liga or or, or, or whatever the case may be. Uh, And I think that, and for me, a big push now has been, is going to be to trying to see how we can do the deals as far as the the international rights are concerned. Because I think that is the big big value for me on this... uh, Nigerian Premier League.
0: Oh, so international rights for the local league or yeah. for the national team? You talking no, no about? I'm talking about
1: for the local league. Oh, for the league, yeah. So for the league. Because the thing about rights for, you know, national teams, I mean, they're all great and everybody loves, that, loves the national team and all that sort of thing. But the problem with, from a media point of view, national team rights are too sporadic to really gain traction for the kind of value. The cost to produce a match is huge. Uh, and so the revenue that you need to d- generate of uh, the rights of a local uh, a national team game uh, uh, is quite high mm. for one game whereas a league you can actually apportion it you can mm. take it, you can spread that the cost out over a season mm. and most, most importantly for a broadcaster or for any media platform is that it means you, you create a kind of appointment, a p- appointment viewing this games every weekend so for sponsors and everybody that's great, it's not like 5 matches a, a year, it's 30, 60 80 matches a year that you can actually mm. keep pushing, keep pushing and keep getting people to come and watch mm. So leagues are. I think that's to me is, is, the, is the exciting thing. Is local leagues? Is that's the value. So
0: going off base, what you said at the beginning, um, are some of those parties that you're talking to are some of them free to air or mainly pay? We would like to talk to, to, to
1: both actually. I, I think that that initially, in certainly in the. Um, the uh, diaspora market, basically, um, it's uh, the, the pay TV model is still going to be where the the interest is going to be because I don't think free to airs actually really have that kind of space. Although my, my, my idea is still to create uh, um, highlights packages and yeah. sell those separately for free to airs. And, yeah. in, you know, that, I think that, that that's that's an option. In 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 Nigeria itself, is that is basically we want to talk right across the board. So you know, we're trying to sell. To pay TVs that want pay TV rights and we try to sell to FTAs that need the FTA rights. Obviously how we sell the FTA rights will depend on how the deals are done with the pay TV networks because they'll actually obviously pay the most because they will want the key things that will make their platform, give their platform the advantage so how that gets, what's left to gets sliced for the FTAs is we're still going to need to work that out. But you know, Queerzy, for example, has a free-to-air platform as well as a, a, a pay TV platform. So for them, they don't think, look, we want them both because we can drive um, some of stuff on, the, on our free-to-air platform and use it to drive people to watch on our, on our pay TV platform. It's a great, it's a great win. Yeah. Star Times has um, the uh, relationship with the NTA. There's no reason why Star Times and NTA shouldn't actually partner together and say, let's, let's, let's put on a deal for, the, for both the free-to-air and pay TV rights and, 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 and call in that space. Yeah. It's interesting but I'm, I'm saying these things and you think you must, I think to myself why aren't the people that run these companies actually thinking these things themselves no, and coming to me and saying, listen, can we do this it's and true. can we do that and then just sitting on their hands like waiting for, I don't know what they're waiting for. It's
0: true. I, I think there needs to be a shift in the market because even from my knowledge from working in media rights in terms of slicing up pieces of the pie yeah. and breaking it down, yeah. back home sending on content from people that I speak to, it's, it's just not there yet. Speaking about international rights for yeah. the Nigerian Professional Football League, yeah. can you mention of any that you've been speaking to? Um, well, we're speaking to some, some agencies and things like that. And, and, you know, to talk
1: about BT Sport is that I've been trying to talk to BT Sport, actually, about, the, about interest in this and like that, and actually I've had no response from them at all. <laughs> it's been crazy because you, I'd have thought that there would be something they, they, may have been, they may be interested in at some level or other um, because I do think that, again, the value, particularly if you look at the, a market like um, the UK, which has a big Nigerian diaspora, on a platform where the, the, that the audience would actually gravitate towards, um, and if you in a competition with somebody like Sky, and you want to kind of get people to kind of keep their loyalty, the people that would come to BT Sport to watch the EPL games, the Nigerian community then would stay to watch Nigerian football as well, at the same time, your potential for um, um, advertising in that space is huge, because you're talking about a market, uh, you know, you, again, you talk about the Nigerian diaspora, you know, you're talking about a, a fairly—you um, you, know—you talk about people who have a bit of a disposable income, well, young and old professionals, basically. Um, you know, a very solidly middle-class environment, basically. So people that afford subscriptions, that can go to football matches, that, that buy products, that are—you know—they um, have disposable income. They are very attractive to advertisers. And you'd think that that you know that that you put those two two elements together, it's. It's, a, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a great opportunity mm. for for a broadcaster and, and, and a sponsor,
0: I yeah. think. Well, hopefully we'll see. Time will tell. <laughs> but uh, moving on as well, in fact, it touches on to what you were saying previously about some highlights packages. And I know personally um, a bit about Sports News Africa. Mm. You do, you've hosted some highlight packages in there as well. Yeah. Um, on YouTube, on the page. Do you want to talk more about that as well? Sure. And also Africa XP, if you link right. those
1: two yeah. together. Yeah, actually, I'll give you sort of background on all of this, basically, in the sense is, is it, Yeah. Um, the, the, as far you know, Sports Africa was a concept that I, that I started a few years ago, and that's actually the key reason why I left Supersport um, because, and, and, and moved to the UK, because I wanted to set it up to create... The idea was to create a kind of a, a sports platform for an African audience... Um, in looking is sort of an africa facing kind of um, sort of sports media product as it were, uh, But I wanted to do is, is is fill in the spaces that i so 'd seen having worked with the pay TV networks where the they had kind of controlled the main spaces um, and that there was a, there was a huge audience out there that wasn't they couldn 't access that content and I know that that that, that the platforms well, the broadcasts they were watching didn't couldn 't afford the the mainstream content. So the idea was to create affordable, good, affordable content for, for, for that, in that space. And I've always felt that news was the way to go. Mm-hmm. So I thought that, is that if we can create sports news content that we could like sort of highlight, bring in highlights, and news stories and things like that from that were going around, you know, focused on, 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 on sports news from Africa and sports news of an interest to an African audience then I thought that th- that would be a, something of value into that market and it would be able to fill the spaces and we'd find sponsors and broadcasters willing to take that on. And I started that and I found some, got some funding to get the first run together. We ran it for a year, but we really struggled. It was in 2014, we absolutely struggled to get traction in the market because people, broadcasters couldn't want to pay for the content. It was cost a lot of money to kind of build that content. And so it was really, really, and so eventually we had, we had to close it down yeah. as it stood. But I've kept the concept of it and I've kept the, the framework of it and everything that I kind of do, so with the Nigerian Premier League rights and things like that and everything else um, that I work on, you know, I work through through Sports News Africa because I still want to bring all of that through back into, the, you know, that, that idea to kind of create that content because I still believe there's a space for that. And um, I've seen a lot of broadcasters individually create their own African sports news pro- programs now based on what I've, what I've done because... A lot of them that I've gone to with the idea, and they've said, no, we're not interested in buying this from you, and they've gone and tried to create their own ones. But what they, none of them can do, basically, they create very, very localized, yeah. either very small localized ones, or you know, they don't have the kind of broad vision that I think that we had with, with the original SNA. and a um, So I still think we've got something, something unique, and I still think there's a place to develop that. And what I found, actually, one of the, 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 new, the best breakthroughs that I've had lately was being a partnership that we've gone into now with a company called Africa XP, um, a friend of mine, Craig Kelly, who's had Africa XP for quite a few years, and Africa XP build channels for broadcasters in Africa, so for uh, digital terrestrial channels that are looking for new channels to put on or even pay TV channels, broadcasters that want channels, You know, they provide them across the board, You're free-to-air, pay, whatever the case may be. But he's mainly been focused on entertainment, uh, movies, lifestyle, that kind of thing. That's where his channels are, are, are aimed at. Um, but he's been playing with the idea of a sports channel for a while, and he's asked, he said at the beginning of the year, well, look, why don't you come throw lot with me, let's develop a sports channel, you know, let's develop a sports channel together. And that's kind of what I've been doing with Craig now, we've been building a new sports channel It's it with Africa XP. Um, we're still putting all the bits and pieces together but I think that I'm quite, quite, I'm quite sort of confident that we will have um, the channel ready to launch, I'd say, by the end of February. Um, I think we've, got, we've done a lot of work this year to put all the bits and pieces together. The key thing now is to start finding, we've got a lot of interest now in broadcasters taking this platform, and if, the, if we do get that, if it follows through and happens and we get that traction, I think that we could really offer something quite yeah. unique in, in, in that space. And, and it'd be great, because it'll give me an opportunity to then bring back my Sports News Africa content, because this channel will be a combination of, of really good international content as well as good local content yeah. as well. And that a lot of it we'll make ourselves, and the stuff we make ourselves will be like the, the old Sports News Africa stuff. So I can bring that in, to put it into that, and keep that, 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 that thread going, you know.
0: It, it, it is good. I'll create a link in the bio of this for people to look at, but even yesterday myself, I was having a watch of it, and it's got some really good content about sports that are being in Africa that maybe the diaspora or international market may not know about as well. Mm. So it is good. That's professionally run as well, so things that I wanted
1: to say was that to me is that um, the idea was was exactly that, is that I wanted to do, it's not just about a matter of giving everybody what they think they want, but try and actually profile as much about what's happening in sport yeah. on the continent, you know, a, a across a broad range of things. So everything from motocross in Togo to you know, boxing in the DRC to um, Bamington in Uganda, I think we had as well, uh, tennis in Kenya, you know as well what as, volleyball, the, as well? volleyball as well, we, we, we covered all these kinds of things uh, you know and, and then as well as the normal the, the leagues, the main leagues, and things like that um, and, 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 and the bigger stories and things, and then as well as the international content that um, that I felt was to so curate the international content new stories that that were relevant and of interest to the audience that we were kind of reaching out to, mm-hmm. so that was important um, so to make it a show that Brings the sort of African sport, and international sport, together into the same space, so people can view sort of you, badminton in, in Uganda on the same level as you'd watch tennis in New York or whatever the case may be. You know.
0: Great. So you mentioned even just now about sports in Africa, some some sports that are booming in in Kenya, mm. and I know from your time at uh, Supersport, Sport, um, you work closely with the Kenyan Premier League in terms yeah. of football. Yeah. To help build their league and whatnot, and I think it's just it would be great for you to talk about that, give people an idea about how a big broadcast such as Supersport Sport tried to help um, the Kenyan Premier League boost their sport, and it goes back to an article that you wrote as well. Mm. Um, I think it was called "How Local Sports Can Improve Their yeah. Their Status in the Market." Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah.
0: Um, so yeah, if you can just talk about yeah. that, that'd be great as well.
1: Well, well absolutely. I mean, the, the thing about you know. But I think this is one of the reluctances, one of the reasons why some broadcasters have been reluctant to get involved in local sports in the past because a big part of the problem has been that the, um, it's not just a matter of just buying the rights. You've got to then sort of then get the footage as well, the coverage of that. And generally it's up to you to do that. So it's an additional expense over and above the cost of the rights itself. When you buy the rights to the EPL or La Liga or Bundesliga or whatever the case is, you, you just pay for the rights and it gets delivered, you know what I mean? You pay for technical costs above. this like, you know, for satellite delivery and things like that. And that's it. It's literally like a plug and play. But when you acquire the Kenyan rights or the Nigerian rights in the past, basically, you know, you have to then invest in production and... And, and then the other thing as well is that, um, you know, the leagues as well back then, there was a lot of, you know, there were a lot of disorder. Things were falling apart. And in Kenya in particular... That's when I came in there, I felt that that's what we had to do. We had to try and... It wasn't just enough to sort of buy the rights and start putting matches on television because the matches, everything was all over the place. There were no crowds there. Uh, you know, people weren't coming to watch the matches. Um, the games were haphazard. The league was badly, you know, really bad. It was very haphazardly run. They were struggling to kind of do that. So firstly, by becoming... Uh, putting money in because the rights money and suddenly enable the league to then have the facilities, the resources to start... Becoming better organised, but then we had to then invest as well in the in, in teaching, well, in, in helping educate the people that are running the league about the, the business of, of of sports. So it's like sending the CEO of the KPL, Jack Guda. We took him to the WITS uh, Business School, where they've got a sports MBA at Wits, um and put him there for yeah, a year. Vits University, the University of Varsity oh. in Johannesburg, and um, they um, it was you know it's a sports MBA that he was um, that, that, that they did there. And um, he did that, and we did it with a couple of people other, in other territories as well. Put them through that so they could learn about sport, the business of sports. Um, we did a relationship. We sit, we did partnerships with the Bundesliga, who who were with us at SuperSport at the time, where we took the executives from the leagues, various leagues, and took them over to the Bundesliga for three or four days where they did workshops with the Bundesliga and they went around to matches and they saw how the press were dealt with, how, they man- how the media were managed, you know, how matches were put up together, how club licensing worked, and went through you know, workshops and found out how, all the, you know, how the Bundesliga m- ran itself, basically, so they could get insights and, and took this all back to, to, to their business of, of, of running their leagues. And slowly but surely, that sort of improved the running of the league simultaneously that we had to then also change the perceptions of the, of the media around. So at that time when we took over, I remember the, the, the Kenyan League, I mean, would get like a few a small column basically or in, in the papers there was something happening. The papers were coming almost dedicated 100% to EPL and European leagues and stuff like that. And the Kenyan League got, got very little we had to change that perception around, start, t- start getting the journalists on site. I mean, like, sort of talking to journalists and having meetings with them and, and trying to get them to, you know, helping them change their perceptions as well and changing the way they worked. And eventually, by the end of the first year, we'd got to the point where we were getting the KPL, even in some papers, they had its own masthead and would have, it would be a full page dedicated to the KPL. And the KPL was getting an equal footing... You know, to the, EP, to the, to the EPL, in the press, and it really became, and we started. And then it was trying to get the crowds back into the stadiums, and so we made sure that that, that everybody in the league was entrusted to start managing managing the, the, the processes properly. Basically, everything that the LMC has done with Nigeria now, yeah. as well, is getting that getting that done and turning that around. And that's what we had to do, and it's, uh, it took a lot of work, a lot of hard work over the four years that I was kind of doing it to try and turn it around. But you know, over that period, we eventually did. I mean, we started off. We, we started off... The stadiums were really awful, basically. We couldn't really broadcast a lot of them. Of the first year, we broadcast, I think... Um, I think we broadcast about 24 matches of the league. We used to do, do double-headers from one stadium over the weekend. So, there were two games on Saturday and two games on Sunday at the one stadium that was, like, decent. And that was the kind of way we would do the season. By the time I left, we were doing... In 2012, we were doing... I think it was 180 matches across the, se- across the league... From eight venues right across the country, basically from far west of Kenya to western Kenya to the coast and in, in, in Mombasa. So that's that's that that to do that to take that transformation was you know was a lot a lot a lot mm. of hard work. Um, but that's what it takes, and that's the important thing is that you've got to build. That's the the argument that I was making back then, is that it's important that leagues, all sports properties, sports if you own a property, you've got to invest in that property. You've got to try and work hard to make it efficient, efficient, efficient and effective. Attractive to audiences, bring your fans in, it'll make it attractive to sponsors. If it's attractive to sponsors, they'll bring money in. And if it's attractive yeah. to sponsors, broadcasters want to be there, and they'll bring more money in. And then you get money in to make it better, you'll bring in more fans. Yeah. you bring in more fans, you'll bring in more sponsors, you get more broadcast yeah. coverage, you know, and so on and so forth. Yeah. But it starts with you at the beginning, basically. Leagues have to start by working to do their, their job properly mm. and make make it run, run that league properly, basically.
0: Yeah oh yeah it sounds great and another key point that you mentioned from that that I got is in terms of the education Mm. sort of certain people in correct places knowing their role I think you mentioned previously when we spoke about um, I think the chairman not trying to run everything but trying to focus on certain things and brought different people in with different skills to like focus on different areas to run am I correct yeah
1: well, I think that is that that is essential, basically. Yeah. I mean, what what I always one of the things we did in in, in Kenya, and, and I think that that's kind of worked as well with the LMC by being a a a, a separate committee rather than a. Um, so, so, this is exactly what happened. So, if you look at the LMC, for example, Sheru Diku is the chairman of the LMC. He's not. A, he doesn't have, He doesn't run a particular club, um, yeah. and his job is to actually look after the business because he's 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 not chairman of the league. He's chairman of the LMC in that yeah. sense. So, his job is to actually run the business of the league. Mm-hmm. And he's focused on that completely. And the people that he has around him yeah. have different, pe- different roles that, that they play. They're experts in, in certain roles and yeah. do that. That's exactly what we what, what in Kenya. In Kenya, how it worked is that they created a position of CEO of the league. Yeah. And the CEO was a, was a, a high position, He was just a, a, a skill. And his job was to manage the business of the league. And the, the chairman of the league in the, in the KPL. You know, that was from the club, basically. But the chairman wasn't responsible. The chairman and and the executive committee were basically, um, they were oversight to the group of people that were run charge of the business of running the league. And, you know, that that works to me very, very well. And that's that, that kind of separation. The Bundesliga are a very, very good example of that, the way they've separated the league itself from the business of the league. You've got they created a company called the DFL. The DFL basically run the business of the Bundesliga, yeah. so they look at selling the rights, they make sure that all the, the, the matches are, 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 are filmed and covered yeah. and broadcast, and um, you know, all the sponsorship deals and everything like that. The teams, the chairman of the clubs, they just focus on their clubs yeah. and they focus on making sure that their teams get to play the best football that's yeah. possible and that the stadiums are, are well turned out and they manage their fans and their groups basically. And then this, this professional body. Business entity sits, you know, above that and make sure the business is actually, is you know, is run properly. I just wanted to say, actually, and I think I meant I wanted to say this earlier on. Um, one, one key point, and when I was talking about the Nigerian, um, the NPFL league rights that we're selling, one of the key points, and one of the things I've been advocating for a long time, and it's happened now, and it's happening in Kenya as well, which is quite, which is very interesting. Um, and it's happening with the LMC and the opportunity we're putting forward now. Is before. A big reason why they had to do these deals with the broadcasters in the way that they did was because they needed the broadcasters resources to and infrastructure to do that television to cover the games. The NMC and so in Kenya it's already happened where Media Pro, the companies behind La Liga have been involved with um, have now taken over the production of the games for the uh, the KPL. So the broadcaster whoever gets those rights basically doesn 't have to worry about doing the production of them. They get the rights like you would do with the EPL or La Liga or Bundesliga. Um, the same thing's happening in, 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 in Nigeria as well. so the, the LMC is going to take charge of the production of the matches um, they 're open obviously if a broadcaster does do a deal and wants to have some oversight or some involvement and add something on top of that, they can do that so we 're not saying no, you, you could have to stay out of the games that you 're going to be covering. you can have something in there. But principally, if you don't want to do it, you want to spend that money, the league will take care of all that production. And, and I think that's a big difference. And that's the, that's the next step forward, basically, is to take control of production. That's what the EPL and the, the and, and Bundesliga and, and, and certainly La Liga have all shown. That's the way to do it, is that if you control the production of those games, then it's easy for you to sell those rights to many different people in different ways. And you can monetize it better rather than give everything, put all your eggs in one basket. When you say production, do you mean like the timings of the games, or no, I mean the actual live production? So the OB vans of the actual, you know, I mean the actual television coverage. Okay. You know, I know people would look at um, would look at games, you know, EPL games on SuperSport, and they think that you know, the SuperSport are doing these these productions of the EPL. And you say no, know, no, these games are done. The game that you're seeing on SuperSport is the same game that people are seeing on Sky, the same people seeing in China, the same that they're seeing in in, in, in New York. Basically, it's you know, the EPL produce those games and then they distribute them to to all the rights hold, hold the rights holders that 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 acquire the rights. Basically, um, DFL is the same, La Liga is the same through Media Pro, yeah. and um, this is where Nigeria and Kenya now have taken a huge step forward in 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 this process. And I'm I'm very glad to see this happening mm. because this is the way forward, and this is the way you know more. Hopefully, this will be the start, and others will will follow in that in those steps.
0: Yeah. Sounds great. Sounds great. Sounds like there's lots of opportunity in the continent in terms of sports, in terms of media, for organisations and locals and broadcasters as well moving forward. Yeah.
1: Well, a- absolutely. Because I think the thing that the, uh, the the other key thing is that all these opportunities with growth in the media and the the, the kind of di- digital elements that are coming in, the, the rollout of this that, that, that that's coming to the market, and uh, uh, you know all these things that are there, and uh, all these new the sports that can still that are still open to develop. The other side of that is that is what's um, also important. Sorry about that. It's Nigeria, actually. Anyway, the other side is Nigerian broadcast actually. The other side of that is that there's value in that because you've got this huge emerging market that's happening there. So these economies that are growing, you've got this great, you know, youth demographic that's a, that, 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 that's 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 emerging now. You know, it's urban, young, urban. Educated, professional, sophisticated audience—that's that's actually emerging across the continent, all the key territories, and um, you know these economies are all growing. You know you can see where well, they might be starting from a low base, but the fact is, you know, five percent, six percent growth is still five percent, six percent growth. Whatever it's from, basically, it means it's five percent, six percent more than it was a couple of years ago. Yeah. So you know if you look at the numbers um you know the kind of ma- the billions on um, um, uh, the predictions of billions of, of, of dollars being spent in advertising in in the in digital advertising you know in traditional television advertising in south africa kenya nigeria you know if you look at the figures that are that are there it's, they're huge um uh, you know uh, marks have sh- you know I mean, have shifted so much. These are, these are, these are brilliant audiences waiting, basically, yeah, to yeah. be tapped into. These aren't audiences that are jaded, that have had enough of it, or sick and tired of watching the same old rubbish, or whatever the case may be. These are people just waiting to actually experience the new, and have got the money, and the wherewithal, and the enthusiasm yeah. Yeah. to engage with it.
0: Yeah. I, no, I definitely agree, and, and hopefully that will become more of a realisation as well. It's an untapped market, and I think mentalities are changing regarding the the sports market in Africa, not from the diaspora alone, but also from Africans themselves, yeah. in terms of the opportunity there is, and not always looking abroad for yeah. the content, but it's on your doorstep. Exactly. In terms of the talent, the quality as well. Yeah. I definitely believe that. Exactly. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That, 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 that's it. I mean, I think that, that people are starting to see that. And, and it's, it's like I always he say, is that old... Um, Line from the old, from that Field of Dreams thing about, you know, if you build it, they'll come. Yeah. And that's the thing is that, is sure. that in, in Africa, we've got a situation where it's just waiting to be built. But I guarantee you, if people get behind it and start building this thing, the yeah. people are going to come en masse, basically, in a way that you, you, you can't even begin to imagine. Yeah. And anybody who doesn't start understa- appreciating that now is going to find themselves, eventually, a few people are going to take those steps and start yeah. this, this, this process rolling. And when that happens, a lot of people are going to be regretfully looking. It's going to be like Bitcoin, basically. You think, why the hell didn't I buy when it was at 2000 now? You know what I mean? Yeah. But then it's too late. So, you know, I want to say to people out there, don't wait until it hits $10,000 for a Bitcoin, basically. Get now, buy, Get it now while it's still affordable. No,
0: that's true. I, I like that analogy. Very true. If they build it, if you build it, they will come. I like that. Um, and slightly moving on now, in terms of, again, the, the, med- the digital market and the media, sports market um, back home in Africa. Here in the European content, um, we're obviously in London. The EPA, have just mentioned again, the rights that they're going to distribute for in next year. And also, as well, the digital disruption in terms of Facebook or Twitters, Amazon, um, also showing sports, right, and creating their own content. Now, we're seeing that more in the European market. How much has that been seen on the African market? If not, do you see it, that it will happen soon? Yeah.
1: Look, I mean, I think that, that it will happen. It's going to happen absolutely. Obviously, I think uh, infrastructure is a little behind the curves compared yeah. to sort of, uh, you know, Western Europe and Asia and, Amer- and the Americas, basically. But it's going to come. It's absolutely 100. Um, percent And when it comes, it's going to be. It, 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 it's going to fundamentally change, change, the, change the, the the landscape again. Um, one thing that, that, that Africa has proven to be is very, very savvy as far as the digital and technical, you know, tech, digital technology trends and, mm-hmm. and, and and the ability to kind of get on board quickly and 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 show very, very good entrepreneurial kind of you know, uh, uh, noose, as it were, to, uh, to 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 you know to to, to the opportunities ar- around that. Um, so it's going to come, and it's, it's already starting to, to, to kind of happen. Um, You know, people are geared up for that. And as that infrastructure opens up and starts allowing that to happen, you know, you're going to see more and more people taking advantage of that, uh, for sure. Um, You know, uh, for me, the big thing is going to be that ultimately it's where it's – the the big question is where it's going to leave the pay TV broadcasters in the future. Um, Because what happens when the big guys, the EPLs and the like, start saying, look, we don't actually need a broadcaster – we going to go. We can go directly to the fan, basically, yeah. straight to the customer. And it, it is it possible. The EFL, which is the English Football League, which is the tiers below the EPL, actually started that this season already. With all the matches that they had, they, they only sell 150 games, I think, um, from the EFL program to broadcasters. And the, all the other games, they're actually covering them all, and they're making them all available through um, the, the team's websites, so people can now fans can actually access those games directly, basically. And it's a little early stages and things like that, and, and certainly in places where in bandwidth issues are still prevalent and delivery speeds aren't great and yeah. things like that, and it's only three G, not four G, available. Um, you know, all those kinds of things where data costs are still high. It's, gonna, it's not going to happen yet, but those things are all going to fundamentally change. You watch data issues if, a year ago; everyone was saying it's not going to really happen in Africa because data costs too much. I said, but that's going to change, and it really starting to change. A lot of mobile operators are saying, "Look, subscribe to us; we'll get you. You know, you you can buy content now. You, yeah. you, you can subscribe to us, and you take certain packages. You can then actually um, get that content data free. You know what I mean? The yeah. data for, to get that content is free, and you don't pay for that data. So suddenly, all that changes. It's already changing. So. That that, that disruption is going to happen globally. It's going to happen in Africa as well. So the key question is is everybody needs to start thinking about about how to prepare themselves for that. Now, I think it's very, very important. If you're already part of the old platforms, basically, if you're part of the pay TVs and things like that and, you know, working, you know, driving your revenue from subscription television, you need to start thinking about where you're, um, you know, how to reinvent your role, basically. And I think what you need to think about is that become much more of an ancillary support role. So you're not, not going to be really offering anybody live EPL anymore. So what you've got to do is, is, is to offer people more content around the, the live EPL, basically. And then what you need to do is start finding, because where it works for the EPL, it won't work for the smaller sports. No. The smaller sports still need the broadcasters to raise their profile. So what you need to start doing is moving into the smaller sports, yeah. because they will need you and say they're not going to go away and you'll be able to provide a great a great opportunity for them basically yeah, yeah. so that's the, the the kind of things that people yeah. need to be aware of how they're going to move that forward
0: yeah it's very interesting space to sports media market uh, absolutely i think it's an exciting
1: time yeah. um it's it's uh, you know what i mean it's it's, it's I, all the years i mean i've been involved now in the space for about 18 years and 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 all this time uh, you know i've seen the way things have changed i remember viewpoints that I had even five years ago have, have changed in the last year, basically. Yeah, yeah. And things have changed, because things change so quickly. Yeah, yeah. You know, things I think, actually will happen maybe in ten years' time. I think, actually, no, this is going to happen in yeah, two years' time. Yeah. You know, it's just and things are really just, and, and things that you didn't think were going to happen, say, my God, this is going to happen. I didn't yeah. see that coming, you know.
0: It's really an exciting time, so it's a good, good time to be part of it. No, yep, definitely. is, definitely correct. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, in, as we're wrapping up, I've got one question. Sure. Um, So in terms of the sports, well, I've got two, but firstly, (laughs) in terms of the sports market in general, Mm. so you have the sport, for example, football, you have the sponsor, for example, a European example, Barclays Mm. or MTN, and then you have the media, the Supersport or Sky. Who do you think holds the power in that relationship?
1: In the African context right now, the power is definitely with the pay TV with the broadcaster yeah. because the sponsor's value is dependent on that content being broadcast if it 's yeah. not on air, the value of the sponsor is a lot less yeah. so the, and then for the, for, the, for the rights owner, um, the rights owner needs the broadcaster to take that content and get it on air and give it that profile that it needs that 's what they want so right now the, pro, the, the, the the power is with the broadcaster the broadcaster is mm-hmm. the key the key power broker and all yeah. it's right. But that's changing, I think, in, in, very, very rapidly. And, and I think that um, the key thing is this, is that, firstly, is that is it t- is more of the rights owners going to start taking control of the production themselves. So that something lessens the, the, the need for the broadcaster. So you can now start selling to whoever you want, whenever you want, however you want. And I think that's the first step. And then the second thing is that, is, and we've seen this already in South Africa with Vodacom, actually, where um, uh, the rights came up for the South African Premier Soccer League, uh, Supersport has had for quite a few years now and done very well out of them, paid a huge amount of money for them. And when the renewal came up, they found themselves in a, in a bid, bidding war, not with another broadcaster, but for the first time with a mobile network. Wow. And, um, and, and the mobile network went really big on these rights, basically. They pushed, a, I mean, they pushed Supersport to the wall on them and forced Supersport to push them put, a, put a, quite a premium on, on, on what yeah. they paid to get them. But I, and I, don't, I think it's just, that's the opening skirmish. And I can see that's the next thing. So why shouldn't a telco actually acquire these rights? Why shouldn't a telco, a, a Vodacom, an MTN, or whatever, basically, um, become the rights owner yeah. and distribute those rights? And especially if the, if the, if the, if the rights owner is producing the content... Yeah. Then the telco doesn't say, well, we're not broad. We, don't, we, don't have, we don't have the wherewithal to produce these games. It doesn't really matter anymore. All you're doing is accessing the content that the right zone is now producing yeah. and then distributing it on your platform. Yeah. And then they say, but, yeah, but you're only a, you're a telco. You're only on the, um, you know, sort of mobile thing. Firstly, mobile's mad. It's huge. It's everywhere. I mean, we see the growth of mobile on the continent. It's massive. So if, you, if you're saying, okay, if you're on, you've got a league, you're only on MTN, and say, well, if you want to watch the league, you've got to be a subscriber, that's a huge differentiator to your 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 um, competitor, basically. Yeah. Um, so you want to get into that to get in that space is a huge value. S- secondly, you can also then use that content. And you can go back to your broadcasters and say, "Here you go, here's here are the other games basically for you on your platform as well,
0: free." Yeah.
1: But. The, 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 the thing is, though, it's going to be fucking wall-to-wall MTN branded, basically. Yeah. So you can have the league, but it's going to be brought to you by MTN. It's going to be MTN advertising all the time. It's going to be... Because we will ta- essentially be the broadcast sponsor. Yeah. We, we, we're giving it to you free with the broadcast sponsor attached. How's before is that the league would... Uh, the broadcast would acquire mm-hmm. these rights, put them on there, then find a broadcast sponsor and put onto that. So you have uh, Vodacom and say, well, we're going to be the broadcast sponsor of the PSL, and we're going to pay... Um, and Supersport say, okay, we're well, going to pay, say, two million dollars a year to be that broadcast sponsor, and they are got to pay two million dollars. But then you can say, well, hang on a second, voter comments so they're thinking. You say, we can actually spend five million dollars. Why don't we spend five million dollars and own everything basically? Use it to drive our, our subscription revenues and, and, and data on our phones and, and all of that basically as a marketing tool as well, and become the broadcast sponsor and we give it to Super not just, but then not just to Supersport, to ETV, to SABC, to everybody, basically, mm-hmm. on that thing. And suddenly now, we're not just on broadcast sponsors. Because if you were to be a broadcast sponsor on Supersport, that league was also available on SABC, you've got to go and be SAB. So you end up paying 3 or $4 million anyway at the end for your broadcast sponsorship deal. You might as well pay an extra million and own everything, basically. And that's the thing that's starting to think about that, that way. So uh, this is where it's changing, I think. So technology and and the rights owners taking control of the means of production as it were, to' it a nice Marxist term to end with
0: <laughs> it's good, and for those that don't know SABC is another broadcaster in South SABC Africa SABC is, right?
1: is the national broadcaster in South, Africa, South African broadcasting yeah. company so it's like the BBC here or NTA in Nigeria, et cetera. Et cetera yeah.
0: and then the final question now <laughs> um, if there was one thing or aspect that you would introduce mm. to the African sports market to improve it, um, what would that be? One thing to introduce
1: into the African sports market to improve it.
0: Yeah.
1: I think that the, 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 the key thing, obviously, you know, getting money into the games, in, into the various things is, 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 is important. So I think right now, uh, but, but to get money, I think we need better organisation. Better organisation means better education, better, more, more learning processes. And I think that what we need to try and do with all rights owners everywhere, basically, with football, in 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 Nigeria or, or, or volleyball in Kenya or badminton in in, in Uganda um You know, it needs administrators that can start taking care of that and help build them properly. So I think we need to see more... You know, I'd like to see more engagement, um, you know, with with, with, with education opportunities for sports administrators to start improving their skills to actually help them administer their their sports better and make them better properties. And I think that's the thing that's going to start driving revenue. And I think the other key thing as well is that... And and it might seem a bit bit counterintuitive in some points, but I think we do need to see... um, Less kind of government interference, basically, and, and 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 I see I see government government's role should become much more of a supportive role, yeah. um, rather than a controlling role. And what's happened in the past is that, is that uh, particularly FAs, governments have had a huge say in these things, and people have seen. Be involved with FAs as a route towards government as well and accessing government money, because governments know that the national team needs to be there and so, you know what I mean, you can't, it's a disaster yeah. people get angry if the national team is not doing well and they're not, not being supported so they, they feel they've got to put money into it basically, so people just rely on that money yeah. instead of trying to create the money themselves and and, and and becoming more so what government should be doing is trying to help um, rights owners in terms of helping to support them, create the, going back to education helping them support, so Put money into rather than sending um, um, chairman and and CEOs and in the sports area, in, in, in arena to onto courses. Put your money into that. Basically, mm-hmm. put your money. Put create tax breaks for um, um, tax breaks for companies that, are, that advertise or sponsor sports events and things like that. So they're encouraged to actually put their money into them. Um, you know, allow um, uh, um, um, you know put uh, help with uh, infrastructure basically help the development of of stadia mm-hmm. help with the development of um, if, the, if a league is going to be produced it's produced its own content help the, the league trying to so, so the league says that we want to produce our own content government should then say okay great we'll give you a loan basically government loan to set up an infrastructure we'll, we'll oversee it and we'll set up a body to kind of make sure it doesn't have and it's yours and then you pay off that loan basically from the revenue that you make your yeah. sponsored revenue over a period of time yeah. but it's a kind of interest free loan yeah. invest in there rather than just sort of handing cash into yeah. the top basically which is because filters <laughs> out and never gets n- makes a difference in the game yeah. so I think that those are the key things that I, I, I think that need to be kept in mind in, in, in actually developing making sure that we, we, we move things forward
0: Yeah, because even from you mentioning Nigeria I know previously when Shehu Deku came in yeah. as the LMC chairman that's one thing that they really want to do mm. so ele- alleviate the grasp that government had on teams and yeah. inviting more investment yeah. from private companies yeah. as well and, yeah, I definitely agree with you yeah, on that. he's done a, fanta- he yeah. done a fantastic job with that. I mean, that's exactly... And he's
1: worked with government to support him as well. So, yeah. for example, on the issue of production um, in the league, he's worked with government. Government have actually... He's gone to government, and they've kind of backed him to, to put up a infrastructure to do those games. So he's got that, their support to kind of do that. Um, he's also gone and... and done things like organizing uh, you know, tax breaks as well, mm. companies investing in sport. And the, the key thing that they push through in, in Nigeria, which is very, very exciting, is that saying is that, okay, if, if, if a sponsor is going to sponsor foreign sport... I knew
0: that. So has that actually gone through? Yeah, I
1: exactly, think it has gone yeah, through. If you're going to sponsor well. foreign sport, yeah. you, I think it's a 20% or 50 whatever you spend on that, you've got to spend the equal yeah. amount, a certain amount, in, in local sport as well. Yeah. And that is absolutely that is an absolute winner, basically. Yeah. You know.
0: Again, I read that on my thesis as well, and I thought that was... If That went because at the time yeah. it hadn't gone through, but yeah, if that gone. went through, heard, very recently, I think in the last yeah. couple of months ago, yeah. that, that, that actually
1: um fell into place and it's, 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 it's actually yeah. gone into parliament and, and, and it's been passed. So, I mean, I don't know if it's been enacted in the terms of where, I mean, where people are when, when the time frame is, but as far as I know, it's, it's,
0: it has actually gone through. Well, there you have it, us. That's an exclusive right here <laughs> in the first podcast. Um, but. Gary, it's been great. Um, hopefully we we'll get you back on again, but yeah, no, thanks
1: for your time. Willing, always willing to talk, uh, Gabriel. It's, it's great talking to you, and, uh, um, you know, as I said, it's great talking about sports and media in the yeah. continent because I think it's, uh, these are great things, cool. great, pla- great places, great things waiting to go great places. That's yeah. what I wanted to say,
0: yeah. Well, thank you, everyone, for listening to um, this Africa Sports Unified podcast. Tune in next time for the next one. Thanks.